Welcome back to Gasbagging. I'm your host, Dan Morrison, and I am joined by a Maddie Samai impressionist and a man who hails from the birthplace of Real Housewives of Melbourne. Welcome back, Gasbagging favourite, Stephen Mangin. Thank you, Dan. Oh my gosh, and you got my surname correct, which is a well, true first t- rarity. First time for everything. <laughs> Gasbagging favourite. It's a pleasure to be back. Um, albeit still under lockdown circumstances, which I'm not thrilled about. Um, Last time I spoke to you, you were in Melbourne during that really sweet grace period where you were like kind of coming out of lockdown in Melbourne. Actually, no, they were like out of lockdown completely and we were going into lockdown and look where you are now. I know. Which you are back in Sydney, but what like a fool. Melbourne is the same. What an absolute fool. Um, yeah. Gosh, not much. We had such hope that day, but... It- <laughs> We had hope for ourselves. Got crushed. <laughs> All of our ambitions have been crushed this year. It's the general theme, you know, um, general livelihood, Roni, everything's just been crushed from high hopes. So oh, we, hopefully... We, yeah, we, I've blacklisted Roni on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll, we'll take a fresh look at it in uh, uh, 2022. Hopefully so. we're on the up from here on in. And I am incredibly proud to be um, a Maddie semi-enthusiast, impressionist. I can't remember which word you used, but I think that is worthy Both of a CV, CV edition, don't you? Absolutely. Oh, please do. That should be under your headline for you. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Very, um, can yeah. I please ask in the state that we're in now in lockdown, can I please hear another housewives lockdown tagline? Yes. Yes. Gosh, asking a lot, but you're lucky that my mood continues to change. So I do have one. Uh, you ready? Absolutely. In lockdown, I have more time for everything except for your bullshit. That's great. I, I love that. Thank you. Thanks. Who's, not as good who's, as last bu- time. whose bullshit are you not accepting right now? Um. Oh gosh. Gladys B. Uh. Mm-hmm. And who else? Who else? Just generally, generally, most people. I just think like, mm. yeah, I'm probably part of the rarity who, through lockdown, have become incredibly introverted and like relished in it, and have just thought, you know what there's actually less time for bullshit when we come out of this. That's fair. I I like that you found growth in lockdown. Mm. That's a real like mature thing to have during this time. I think so. Well, it's not my first rodeo being an original Melbourneite and all Dan. So Mm. you have to find this. You know this well. I know. I talking about people who aren't well, I went to a coffee (laughs) shop today and I just literally just ordered like a coffee salad, whatever. And it's one on like Oxford street, like, um, in Paddington. And as I was like waiting to get my salad, this guy on a bike, like, you know, first of all, cyclists are a different breed of people. Like I don't understand how they operate in this world. Especially in this city. Like it's so damn hilly. How are you cycling up and down those hills? You cannot enjoy it whatsoever. There's not a flat surface. Yeah. I can barely walk. I complain every day about it actually. Oh God. Yeah. It hurts the calves. Um, but like this guy shows up and the people who work there were like, Oh, like as if like regular customer, like, Oh, he's back comes in. They're like, Oh, we haven't seen you for a while. And he goes, Oh, um, he goes, yeah. Um, he goes, I had a pretty, pretty bad, uh, crash a few weeks back. Oh. I've actually, oh, I actually no. broke my collarbone. I oh. broke my wrist. I oh, no. um, did something to my face. Um, had some surgery, but you know, like you know, I, I recover quickly. And they're like, "When did this happen?" He was like, "Oh, four weeks ago." This lycra wearing fuck is already back on the bike after literally destroying himself, and has like walked in here and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm a fast healer. Yeah, I get back up." Like. What in what world would you be possessed to be like, I've just come off, had surgery, broken all these bones, and this is like an appropriate reaction to like get straight back on the thing. It's terrible. That absolutely destroyed me. I have never heard anything so absurd. Was he injured at the bloody Tokyo Olympics or something? I mean, to oh God, that dedication to the bicycle. I just can't imagine it. Like, yeah, no, and I've always, like, I've always had problems with, like, bike people, but this is, like, hearing that out loud and thinking you want to get back on. Like, my poor father, like, (laughs) went off a bike during last, like, just before last lockdown. I had to go visit him once we could actually, you know, get back to, like, seeing people. Did he? He flew off. 
he flew off, um, smashed his elbow, had like a plate put into his arm and everything. And he like was kind of joking about getting back on the bike. I was like, absolutely not. Don't touch that thing again. Don't be a fucking idiot. No, like, dad. What's no. wrong with What would possess you? Like, dad, use a car, dad. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's a common theme in my household. Anytime Mitch hears of anyone that's, uh, like anytime he sees a bike go past him, he's like, get a car. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let them be. Um, I want to talk about... There's been a few bits of content that have come out from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City this week. Which yes. I know. So you attempted to watch the first season of Salt Lake City, but you didn't actually get through it. Look, I... Yeah, of course. Of course. I started, I got about two eps in. I actually did enjoy it, but um, I was coming from a place where I was very loyal to the Australian Housewives series. Um, and I hadn't even watched Beverly Hills or New York. So I decided to jump across then. But mm. I do hear like very good things about Salt Lake. Um, and I did enjoy the first two episodes, Smell Like Hospital, etc. Oh, so I'm mm. looking forward to jumping back in um, very shortly. Yeah. And I did love I... the trailers. I think they, they looked really good. I... What... I watched the first season as well. I really enjoyed the first episode of it. And then I would say it was very like up and down for the rest of the season. And I, and I know a few people who did like drop off while watching it just because it didn't like pique their interest. So very much understood why like you wouldn't have stuck with it. But I do feel like this second season from what we've seen so far and what's what previews we've seen is actually going to be a great season. Like hopefully in the same essence of what we've been experiencing with Real Housewives of Beverly Hills at the moment as well. I think so too. I think so too. We need another one to step up to the plate, Um, you know, and it's a common theme with those Housewives series. The first season is never, you know, brilliant, amazing, fantastic, because, you know, they do spend so much time just introducing the characters and building, creating those storylines and stuff. So, you know, they usually are up and down. I mean, try and watch season one of New York again and come back to me. It's, you know. That, uh, it was actually originally Manhattan Mums. That was yes. the uh, concept <laughs> yes. for the show. Jill Zarin oh, at the hill. I run with a fabulous record of people. Amazing. If, if the casting rumours for the All-Stars trip to are correct and she is there with Dorinda at Bluestone Manor with those other women, I can't wait. It's going to be the absolute chaotic dream of my nightmares. Oh, my God. She really did just disappear in a puff of smoke, didn't she? Gone too soon. I did enjoy when she popped back up that first time after years and she was like, I miss the gossip. (laughs) (laughs) At that one dinner with, like, Luann and Dorinda, I hope. Yeah, I am excited to see her back in some capacity. So. Yeah, yeah. But Salt Lake. Salt Lake. Salt Lake. Let's talk about the taglines first, then we can maybe talk about the Jen Shah of it all. Yeah, what do you what? think? 50-50? Good, bad? As in the... Yes, I but, think there's some terrible taglines in there, and there's some fantastic taglines in there. Firstly, Jen Shah's the only thing I'm guilty of is being amazing. <laughs> I, I can't, I absolutely love it and hate it at the same time. It's like one of the worst things I've heard from someone who is an absolute guilty criminal, but also quite amazing that she's still playing on it, that she like claiming her innocence through her tagline, which is amazing. I think so too. I think so too. My favorite was probably, uh, if you come for me, I'm sending Jesus after you. Mary. I And I also love that her storyline this season is going to be that she's basically running a cult and she thinks she is God. Well, yeah, what a good storyline. Not much to complain about. And also Lisa Barlow being the person to investigate the cult <laughs> status is also my favourite true crime doc I've ever seen. So. Okay, and one other one. I was raised a Mormon, but now I'm raising a glass of champagne. Heather. Heather's so Heather's got this thing where she had a good first season and then everyone blew smoke up her ass and then by the reunion she was unbearable. So I'm interested to see what happens to her in the second season. I think she got like so caught up in Rihanna following her and like DMing her of it all that she is like 
think she's like king shit. So I'm interested to see how she kind of handles her second season now. Yeah, it'll be good to see how it all unfolds this time round. I mean, I still have to go back and finish the first season, but <laughs> the trailer was very gripping. I'm excited for it. I also, someone and com- completely accurate tweeted, like, I love how Lisa Barlow didn't even take a pause during her tagline, which was, you don't have to like me. I love myself enough for the both of us. Like, it's just... <laughs> it was just a running sentence and didn't have, like, any of the cues from, like, previous Housewives taglines. It's just like, I'll just... I'll give it to you yeah. and you'll take it. She just did it in the car on the way. They sent her, you know, read this line out. She was in the car it park. It was a voice a note. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. She... Yeah. Podcast recording. She could have done it. Done. The other thing I did notice, even though I didn't really care for Whitney's line, the quick shot of her, like, from scenes from the show, she's literally doing the splits on her kitchen counter. And it was just like, <laughs> it took me a few times of watching the Taiwans for me to actually catch that she was just, like, doing that. I love that she is still, like, she had, like, stripper energy in the first season. So she's trying to, like, obviously, like, bring that into the second season as well. Which I love. What was her tagline? Her tagline was, in a town of beauty and beasts, there's only one wild rose. Yeah. Because she's Whitney yeah. Rose, so that kind of yeah, plays yeah. into that. So. Actually, I Would... think that they were more good than bad, these taglines. I mean, there have been some and Jenny, shockers. Jenny, who I have no idea about, she said, hey, I have plenty of everything, including opinions. That's just a very, like, classic housewife. Yeah, so I'm, like, happy yeah. she's, like, at least coming strong there. Yeah, definitely. Indulgent. We love that in a new housewife. Yeah. Absolutely. And I also think possibly Meredith is the worst. <laughs> what was that one? I forget. That one was, um, I may be known for my ice, but I always bring the heat. <laughs> so, no, no, doll. I do like her, like, as a housewife, but she, that's not it, doll. No, no. So, like, but the trailer, you liked the trailer, the Jen Shah of it all? Yes. I did, I, like, this season trailer looks great, and I, I can't wait for it to get to the arrest because I feel, I don't know. I don't know what we've got in the tank besides Mary's cult, honestly. So I'll see what happens there. But the, that preview scene that we saw where it was like the first two minutes of the show where Jen gets arrested was just stunning footage. Yeah. It was the whole scene. The whole scene was that. And I, yeah, I love as well that we're just like heading out on. I actually, the bit that I did enjoy was when she was asking Whitney to turn off her microphone when she got like the phone call to like let her know that the feds were after her. (laughs) And she like, she like turned to Whitney and was like, can you turn this off? And and then Whitney's like, turn what? Like she just like had no idea what was going on. Yeah. I just, and she, and also Whitney just like walking onto the bus with like a ski shot, like the, like ski full of shots like that was like the energy bringing in and then yeah. someone's just about to get arrested like so good i mean we'll get into this later but certainly a um faster moving and and better criminal than erica girardi isn't she oh erica girardi i i i, I hate her now like oh, i i was like sitting there damn. like kind of going along with it but i we will get there but i um I think I'm done with her at this point. Yep. This uh, yeah. this character this character piece is uh, done for me. I hear All right. you. Any yeah. any other any other thoughts before um, Salt Lake starts? Are you are you, do you think you're going to watch this season? Yes. Yeah, I will. I will. I need to finish season one and then jump into two. But um, you know, there's a lot of Housewives series out there as well to touch on. But I think that Salt Lake is one that's really worth the time. So I'm going to do that. Stunning. All right, well, we'll take a break and come back with Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And we're back with Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I couldn't handle seeing the, like, previously on and hearing PK say, off the chain again. Like, that really, that really hurt me having to like relive that experience. He's fucked, Dan, isn't he? Oh God. You know. he, okay. He is fucked, but I want to say star of the episode for me because the way he spoke about Erica was perfect. Everything he said was so on point about how she's like, how she's responding on social media to like this entire case, how she's presenting herself. 
she's not talking about the victims. She And he's saying she can sit, sit there and go, yes, I'm not talking about the case, but yes, I'm going to address how horrible it is for the victims. And if Tom did this, it's fucked. Yeah. But she's completely going about this the wrong way. And I never thought I there would be a day where I go, PK is right. But guess what? PK is right. He so, is. Yeah, he was on the money this episode. He really was. You know, I still see a lot of red flags in their relationship and feel like she should probably pick up and run when she can. Um, you know, certainly aspects of tos- toxic masculinity, but um, I do agree with you. I was quite impressed with how he conveyed his ideas because they were exactly what everyone was thinking, you know? Yeah. Or summed up me perfectly, like every thought that's gone through my head these past few weeks. Let's start back at uh, Kathy's house, just where we picked up from the dinner from last week. Poor Kathy. Poor Kathy. The souffle is falling in the kitchen. Nothing about it. (laughs) Nothing to do about it. And if I had one critique of this episode, Dan, it would be simply not enough Kathy Hilton. Oh, wasn't that the most devastating news when they're at Garcelle's house? And she's like, oh, Kathy's not coming. I was like, damn it. Fucking hell. That's all we wanted, wasn't it? She was in the opening scene and that was it. She doesn't even need to speak at dinners. Like, I don't care. Like, she just needs to be present. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, just seeing her in the background of a scene is enough for me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, it wasn't enough. Not nearly enough for me. It was a good episode, though. I, so the whole, like... What did you like when Erica was like, Oh, do you want to get sued to Sutton? Like, she, like, obviously, like, she was saying it possibly, like, possibly from a perspective that Tom will sue you if you keep saying shit about lying about his accident or lying about him or whatever. That's where she was coming from. But, like, it's so weird. These women don't seem to be like living in the same world where her story just makes absolutely no fucking sense whatsoever. Yeah. Like, especially the story that Sutton's referring to, where it was an ankle, and then it was a full car accident where he rolled down a hill and injured his head, and now has dementia from it. Like that's it's it's two completely different things. And obviously Sutton just pointing that out is what we're all thinking. But for some reason, everyone else in the room is not saying this. Just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like the rest of the women. I mean, either they're too afraid to say it or they just don't really have the ability to take a step back and look at it all holistically and just say, you know, the pieces aren't really matching up. But I mean, you know, it's easy for us as a viewer. I I don't know. Like, was it the time of the time of filming or they just weren't actually like, yeah, because it's so clear. I mean, I feel like Sutton was a little bit of a star in this episode in terms of like saying what all the other women were thinking, certainly. But, like, if you, like, let's remove the, like, Erica of it all from it. If you were, say, you were in a position with, like, in your friends and someone was, like, saying they told you a story years ago about something and then you're in a room and they're retelling the story again. Like, not saying, obviously, this dinner where she didn't tell it, but, like, say that situation where she retold the same story that she told you years ago, but it's completely different from what it was, wouldn't you just, like, if you are truly friends, wouldn't you just go, that's bullshit, you told me, like, a completely different story back then? I don't know if I have a very different approach with my friends, but I have certain friends where I just be like, no, like, that's completely different. And I've actually had this exact situation happen with a friend who just told a completely different sequence of events that what happened. It's like, either you were lying the first time or you're lying now. So you need to, like, differentiate, like, what actually happened then. Yeah, Dan, like, would you a not lot call, to... Would you, not, <laughs> would you a, not call out a friend? A lot to call out. A lot to call out, you know. I mean, the pieces aren't... The, the story isn't adding up. The pieces aren't matching up. You you know, I would, I'd be calling out the story, but more than that, I'd also be calling out her bald pony look with these fucking massive hair clips on the side of it. I mean, what was that? (laughs) No friend of mine would be pulling off that look. It looks like if you pulled at the clips, the whole wig would come off. Like it was literally just like a hair piece sitting on top holding like, like clips I saw in, you know, at St. John's Evangelistic Primary School. Oh. The girls I was around were wearing the same ones in their hair in, like, year two. Like, that's that was the energy her hair was bringing. Yeah, it's kind of, like, undercut energy. I'm like, have you shaved, like, underneath that or something? It's just so, like, disconcerting. I don't really get it. But, you know, then there's the emotion of it all added on top of it. Just this stone-cold 
face delivery, you know, crocodile tears. I don't know. It's a lot, Dan. There'd be a lot to call out if that was happening in my friendship circle. Yeah, no, I I have a very, like, there's a, I have a bullshit threshold with certain people. And I go one of two ways. If you're a friend worth spending time with, I'll be, I'll call you out because I want to hear what you have to say. But if I spend too much time with someone and it's constantly like that, where the stories aren't adding up, then you're out. I so like that. it's Yeah, no, I do like that. You could maybe well, use my, sit- maybe you could use my tagline actually. In the of the episode. <laughs> no, no, but honestly, if you're going to sit there with someone in a situation and you feel like they're bullshitting you, if you have that thought in the back of your head, like why the fuck are you spending time with someone who you don't think is like yeah. being truthful with you? you just it's like, if yeah. we're all just going to sit around and bullshit each other, what's the point? Kind of exactly. Thing. So like, you just smile and nod like the paddle pop lion and then you just move on. Just go, okay. <laughs> That's it. What? Why? Why the paddle pop line? You know, he just has that big grin on him. You know, you can remember him from the ads <laughs> That's and the, first... the paddle pop. Box. I do remember him. I just wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't. He's not the first person to come to mind when I think smile and nod. But I will now and forever after this conversation. Did he have a name? He must have had um, a name. Paddle pop lion. I thought was that his I, name. I, on it, I literally think it is. Wow, his mother was creative. Wasn't she? Well, do you know what? Do you know whose mother was creative? My mother's mother who called her the exactly the same name. As her? She was, yeah, she was Patricia and she called her daughter Patricia and then had two other daughters after her that she named differently. So she just gave up <laughs> on her for some reason. <laughs> she was dubbed with the creativity there. Like, oh, see, oh, the same oh, name as me. Can't be bothered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not even Patricia Jr., just Patricia again. God. Um, I found it so strange when like Sutton did her like storm off from the dinner and tried to leave obviously because she felt she was being threatened which is you know granted to an extent I do love when they stay there and kind of give a bit of like fight but like I did all I do also enjoy a storm off but so weird that Kyle ran outside to kind of like semi comfort her when Kyle was the one that was kind of calling her out at the dinner and then Sutton was like you were doing this to me and she just like couldn't see what she was like I just wanted you to be honest like you're not doing the Lisa Rinna role of like asking someone to be honest. Like, no, don't pull no. this shit on people. Kyle's. D- I'm so over Kyle. I just like can't handle it anymore. It's just like, you know, she wants the honesty. She wants, you know, she got upset with Garcelle. I thought we were over this Garcelle. Like, you know, it's just we've seen this played out for however many seasons now. I'm just like, what else have you got to give, Kyle? But my favorite thing in that whole. Uh, scene exchange when Sutton left and I don't have a lot of I feel like you're about to say what I'm thinking as well but please say it yeah I'll proceed I'll proceed the episode was quite consolidated there wasn't a lot to like capture as like standout moments but when she left and Erica goes about Sutton she's a punk ass (laughs) 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 of every descriptor you could use about Sutton's tracky she's a punk ass (laughs) I I have the exact same note written out. It just says Erica Dash, she's a punk ass. <laughs> like, what are we watching? Like I, <laughs> What what city are we in where you think and we're talking about all this like and she's like off like the other week going fuck you with your like small town shit and then she's like talking like a fucking gangster and then she's also going she's a punk ass. She's like, a punk ass up. like some fucking evanescence loving like she's gone outside to fucking <laughs> slash her tires out the front. <laughs> fuck you, Gerardi. Like she's a punk ass. What are you saying, oh. bitch? She's not well, Erica. She's not well at all. Do you know, I think the first few episodes, there was this whole discussion of what do you believe? What don't you believe? What side are you on? I mean, as the series has progressed, surely you can see the wood from the trees now. I mean, nobody's saying there's nothing there. So I have to... (laughs) We'll jump ahead, but then we can, like, address anything else that was in the episode. But the preview for next episode, where Erica is telling... I can't tell if this is a different car accident story or the same car accident story that's now developed into something else. But in the preview, if anyone didn't see it for next week, Erica is talking to Kyle and says he was confronted by a burglar in his house and then her son had to show up (laughs) and then he rolled his car five times. Five times. And something happened to his eye as well, she said, during all of this. Like, it's just... (laughs) 
What was it before his car tumbled? I think his car tumbled because he couldn't see. Yeah, but it's just <laughs> this de- this developing story is like it's not good, and it just it has so it has more holes than the top Erica was wearing at the party. Like it's just it's absolutely insane. Like it's just I can't keep up with it. I don't want to keep up with it. It just sounds like someone. Do you know what it was like? You know. Um, there was this game you used to play when you were younger with people where you would write a sentence and then you would fold the paper down and then you'd write a new sentence underneath, as in like relating to the sentence above. And then you'd read out the entire story. So you keep folding the paper down. You only see the sentence above. Right. Then you'd write a new sentence. Then you'd fold the paper over the previous sentence so you could only see the one above and then you'd pass it around the room and people would write an extra um, an extra sentence to add on. And then at the end of it, you'd unfold it and you'd read it to the room and it would be one whole story, but it didn't really make sense because everyone had added only a, only a sentence in relation to the sentence. Yeah, above, but you yeah. didn't know it was beforehand. This is what Erica's story sounds like to me. It's like you've passed a fucking, this page around the room and everyone's just added yes. a sentence on. And now you're reading it out because it just sounds so fucking insane. And it's not like, the thing is, I would respect it if it sounded like a really good defense that's going to come into play later on. But at this point, it just sounds like an absolute fucking mess. And you're trying to like, I don't know, like add to a story to kind of confuse it enough that if it was in court, it would kind of almost be like dismissed at this point because it's just like, it's too confusing to follow. He's not mentally well, all of this kind of stuff. It's just like distraction at this point. Yeah, it's, I mean... I don't know what she's really getting at with all of this. Like, is it that he's not fit to be accused or anything? I don't know. But I guess Mm. my question to you would be what level of understanding or awareness do you think at this point in the series she had in the Tom Girardi of it all? Oh, so my... And I'm going to... I've kept this stance basically from the beginning, which is I don't think she had... she had no knowledge of where this money was coming from. As in like this, the whole money coming from the victims, like the widows or orphans or that kind of stuff. She had no knowledge. Yeah. And she never asked. She did. She never asked. Yeah. She did know the money was coming from him and he was paying her bills, but she didn't ask and she didn't care. I think that is fine. I think what's happened since I think with the divorce, she, what Sutton said as well, she got a heads up saying there's a storm coming, get out now. So she divorced him, and then since then the story's got so bad that she's been briefed by Tom's lawyers to say, you have to run with this narrative to make sure that you get, like, if you're going to get anything out of this divorce, you've got to run with this narrative so that he seems not, like, like not involved in any of this. Like, he wasn't of sound mind, so he didn't know what he was doing, so he's not guilty of this, so you can keep your money. And they've briefed her that way. And so I think she had nothing to do with initially, but she's been briefed by lawyers now to be like, this is the story you're going to tell so that it protects you and it protects Tom and you still ha- you keep your money at the end of the day. But I think it's just got out of hand at this point. And I think yeah. that's exactly what happened. I hear you. I'm kind of of a similar mentality to what you are. I kind of think... You know, the only question in my head is if she was aware of the store com- store coming, the storm coming, um, abandoned ship. Why would she sign on to another series of this show willingly? And I thought, was it a defense mechanism? Did she think if she didn't sign on to the show, it would scrounge for more more guilt and more scrutiny? And then she's gone into it, and you know, all of this stuff's come out of the woodwork now. Or I don't know. Like, what's your perspective on that? Like, why would you sign on to it if? You knew the storm was I coming. Think, no, no. So I think the storm, when I mean when they told her a storm is coming, I think the storm was like when they were in Lake Tahoe and she was still talking nicely about him, she still had no idea. I think when they told her a storm oh, was coming, right. it was like a two-day period where it was like you have to file for a divorce now. As in, like, you need to do it right in this second because it's just about to hit. Yeah, right? she As was in, already like, filming. If, that's what I mean. So I think she was already filming, told this information. She had no idea it was coming because you can, I think you can even tell earlier in the season, there's no darkness to her. Her voice still sounds like the light version of it is before it turns into this dramatic queen that she is now. Like, I think 
she didn't know at that point and yeah. now yeah. she's like overcompensating and doing all her bits because of like what she was told but I think when she's signed on for this season she had no idea and was told during the season this is happening and she's decided and probably from Lloyd's advice as well stay on the show that's even this is like the filming of you is his innocence as in like telling the story that kind of thing can actually help get the message out there rather of than of course yeah yeah yeah, I don't know. I'm a little bit sad that it's kind of ruined my respect for her. I did actually enjoy her on the show. Prior to this season, I thought she had a, a good role to play. And, you know, I admired the kind of bad bitch persona that she she had there. But, you know, it's just totally gone out the window. I think she's just a big, big phony at this stage. I did enjoy when she was getting her makeup done. Um, before she was going to Garcelle's house with like her makeup team, and she just sat there and went, "This is fun. We have to amuse ourselves." <laughs> I can't. I was like, yes, it was, that was, it was very like lockdown energy for me as well. Oh. I was like, "Yes, that, that's me right now. We have to amuse ourselves." I just can't. I hope she's a punk ass becomes a thing. I just can't stop thinking about it. Oh, that that literally oh. that threw me through a whirlwind as soon as I saw that. That was that was too much for me. Too much. Um, Anything else on Beverly Hills? I've got two other points no, that no. I loved. Oh, please, please go. I don't have anything else. So Rina, Rina's done. I mean, I think Dorit's done too, to be honest, but I think Rina's oh, definitely Dorit done. Is, when PK is dominating the scene that you're in and you're the housewife, that's a problem. Yeah. And then also Rina, the, the drunk excuse... For Eric, like for the party at Kathy's, like during all this Erica drama, as in like, oh, I wasn't aware of what was going on because I was drunk. Like, fuck off. Like, don't don't pretend you were like blackout that you don't remember yeah, anything yeah. that happened. And Garcelle's explaining the story back to you. Like, that's not a defense. Yeah, that's worse than Erica's defense. Like, don't. Yeah, do and that. also you weren't funny drunk. Like, it wasn't like Roni where it was funny drunk. Like, you didn't do anything. Yeah. So like, no one cares. It's just embarrassing. I just like thought, gosh, like the most like interesting storyline she's had all season was that she's delivered sauce to Garcelle's house this episode oh. and Garcelle didn't say thank you afterwards. She's finished. I mean, seriously coming from season five and how vital she was in Amsterdam to this, like she's, she's out Dan. she's done. Oh, she's done. Especially when she, there's like footage. Well, like, Garcelle said thank you to her in the moment both times. Like, thank you for the cake. <laughs> thank you for the sauce. But you didn't text me afterwards to back it up. Like, what kind of fucking storyline is that where you are, like, annoyed at someone for not, like, texting yeah. you afterwards? Like, you need, like, double confirmation that you've done the right thing. That's stupid. She's just got no storyline. And the only other comment I had was this, um, you know, scene in the store with Sutton and Kyle... I did adore Sutton <laughs> trying to get through the front door and then the guy tried to open it from the inside and she was like, whoa, whoa, sorry, oh, got a fright. And then when they had a fight and she said, I just can't be here, I have to storm off. And she walked to a different she... zone of the same store. <laughs> yes, and then, and then returned moments <laughs> later. Returned. She, I enjoy Sutton entering venues more than anything. Like, la- I... <laughs> I'm still thinking about her yelling out handrail when she was entering <laughs> Kathy's house last week. Like that, that is going to stick with me for years like that. She's great. I, I, I've, I've been, I've been a slutton since almost day one at this point. So I, I'm happy that I was on this train and glad to see her thriving. In I'm so house. proud of you, Dan. Cause I, I wasn't on the train, but you hate, you, know, yeah, so you did not like her last time we spoke. Well, like even the time before last. Well, I thought she was pretty crap last season. So I was mm. surprised she got signed off as a full timer, but she's been very entertaining mm. to watch. I am loving crystal. She was a bit quiet this episode, but I agree with you. Sutton is adding a lot of value. The one thing I did not like was when, um, Sutton left the party and crystal kind of doubled down on, uh, Sutton doing the wrong thing to Erica to kind of back up Erica in the moment. Like, I think Crystal Crystal's a good housewife, but I think she's hitching herself to the wrong wagon by, like, kind of being Erica's friend during all of this. Like, I feel like she'd be better off. The ship's going down. She, I, know she, I know she can't stand Sutton, which is fine. Like, keep that feud going. That's okay. But at least, like, I don't know, befriend Garcelle and do that kind of, like, moment. Even You don't have to be friends with Sutton, but at least do Garcelle if yeah, you're to that side yeah. of the ship. Garcelle's been iconic. I'm really enjoying how she's kind of emerged on this series, actually. 
Oh, she's great. I I love a bit of Garcelle. She yes. is. And the way she came back into the party and kind of yelled at everyone, she was the only one with some, like, sense, really. And, yeah, no, she's great. She's having she a great second season, I would say. Holds her own really well. And to be honest, I would have loved to be at her um, Haitian party. Haitian dinner party. Yeah. Yes. Yes, not, um, I didn't enjoy the, um, like, the phallicness of the food. Like, I, not that it was phallic, but the <laughs> f- point, the re- they, they had to point it out and then watching some, like, a close-up of someone kind of, like, jerking off the top of the food. I was like, I don't need to see this shit, yeah, but no, no, thank you. No, Not no, for me, doll. Certainly But I would not. love to taste it. Love a bit of spice. I'm basically Dorit. I would love the, uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> so looking forward way. to the next um, episode in the trailer when Dorit was like, I speak four languages. Oh, shut up. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, and Garcelle's <laughs> saying, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> no, it'll be great. I can't wait to see what the rest of this season has in store because I have no idea, so I'm excited to see. How Is there much left? Unfold. What are we up to? No, it must, it must only be a few seasons. They're recording the reunion tomorrow, so it'll be good to see what happens there. Apparently, Eric is not talking to Kyle or Dorit at the moment, so she's only like friends with Rinna, so it's going to be quite a cold reception i would say and at this stage what are our forecasts for next season who do we think is is ours i think next season it's either it won't be both but it'll either be dorit or rinna will be out i reckon because i feel like there's been a bit of the fan engagement has been soft on both of them Very this season. so i feel like Very one low. of them will be out I think they will go out. I hope they just keep Kathy on as a friend and then just add a new one again. I don't see Kyle going anytime soon. So I think it'd just be the same cast, either dropping off Rinna and um, Rinna or Dorit and then adding someone else. What about Erica, Dan? I think depending on... Because there's nothing... Like, the case isn't going anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, they don't... I don't know any update on when they're going to trial or anything like that. Like, I know Jen Shah was going to court, like, after BravoCon this year, but BravoCon's not happening anymore. So, I don't know when we're actually going to see any results of this case. So, I reckon she would just stay on basically for the paycheck and then also just, like, promoting whatever she's got in the pipeline. So, you'd be stupid not to at this point if you need to set yourself up for after jail. True. I guess just if she's not talking to any of them, it might not be such a pleasant experience for her. But I agree with you. Rinna and Dorit are the two on the chopping block. God, I hope it's Rinna that goes. I feel like Dorit could emerge again. I don't think she's... I mean, she hasn't really given anything this season, but Rina, like, I find her quite, like, annoying to watch now. I'm not enjoying yeah. having her there at Dorit's all. Dorit's had a good, like, past few episodes, and even though she's very much in the wrong with what she's been saying, she's at least been present in the last few episodes. Yeah. Like Rina, Rina more and more is fading into the background quicker than ever. So. Yeah, and the stuff she says just makes you cringe now. I'm just like, oh, God, I know. the screen. Poor thing. Anyway. Oh, God, your daughter's your only hope, but neither, like... That's not even anything. I know. (laughs) And your husband's sauce. That's it. No, it's husband's sauce, God. I would actually like to taste it, but I also have no interest in Hamlin, so not for me, doll. Neither. Anyway, we digress. We do. Uh, Okay, we'll take a break and come back with Australian Survivor. And we're back with Australian Survivor. Or Survivor Australia, I think I said Australian Survivor before. Anyway. Brains versus Brawn. Brains versus Brawn. I am interested to see how this finale plays out because I have a very specific way I want it to end. Same. And I'm interested to hear how you want it to end. What, I just wanted to ask. ideal scenario? Yeah, I wanted to ask first, Dan, are you a brain or a brawn, do you think? Oh, I would have to. Like, the issue is, is that I'm neither, so I wouldn't fit into either of these camps because I just don't think I'm that... Like, if it was The Apprentice from years ago, which was um, um, Street Smarts versus Book Smarts, I would be Street Smarts. Like, I feel like I would fit into that category but when you're doing brains versus brawns i'm neither because i'm i am definitely not a brawn person (laughs) and i'm not a brain either but i think i am i am quick on my feet like savvy kind of thing i can do like i can make things work but i'm definitely not either brains versus brawn so i don't think i'd be featured on this season to be honest i feel like you could be a brain you'd have to start your own tribe otherwise be a bro or something I, i i would already be on exile island before it even begins. I'll just right. be there by myself and That's I'll come just... in later on. 
Where you, yeah, Baden and Haley to get back in the competition when I haven't even entered. You just habituate there from the beginning. Yeah. Look, I've enjoyed it. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I've loved it. Um, I don't usually watch this program, and I've joined about halfway through. I think the first episode I watched was The Blind Side where Simon left. Um, Oh, great. So I was, yeah, I know, very good viewing, but I've just wholeheartedly fallen in love with Hayley. If she doesn't win on Sunday, I'm going to be devastated. Um, and I've just w- loved watching it all unfold. Um, you know, I'm over George, very sick of him, ready for him to go. Flick, I, I do enjoy, but I don't want him to win. I just think it's all about Queen Hayley. What about you? I am a Hayley stan as well. I feel like I know that this is argument online at the moment that George is the only one who hasn't been properly voted out. You know what I mean? As in, like, so Flick got voted out, did the urn, got back. Haley got voted out, went to exile, came back, beat Baden, came back. So George is the only one who's actually played it right that he's never been voted out. But the thing I would counter-argue, like, counter-argue that point with... Go on. ...is that when... Kara saved him, and I don't know if you're watching at this point, but Kara, he got voted out at one of the tribals, but Kara played her immunity idol for him. He did not ask her to, nor did, do I know if, I can't remember at this point, but possibly he didn't know she had it, or he did know, but didn't ask her to play it for him. So there was no gameplay from him to be like, hey, play it for me, I need it tonight, whatever. She just did it randomly and saved him. That, to me, is exactly the same as Flick smashing an urn on the ground, which is pure luck. You had a psychopath that was sitting there in the form of Kara who just decided one day to play her idol for you out of thin air because she's this, like, empath, apparently. Yeah, the Duchess of Double Bay. Yeah, so if that... No, but the Queen of Double Bay is Maddie Semi. Yes. So how dare she try and take a title from someone who already owns Double Bay. Dutchers are Double Bay. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. Banjo would have a word to say about that. Um, But honestly, but that's what I mean. So for me, in that respect, George is on the same level as the rest. As in, he should have been eliminated at that point, but there was just some sheer fact of luck that like kept him there. It wasn't strategic. He did not plan for that to happen. So I feel like they're on a level playing field. Haley should win because I can't stand anyone who sits at a challenge and doesn't compete. George so many times has been playing a challenge and will just give up and just stop doing it. Like, good on you doing your, like, political game, all that kind of shit. Like, talking to people and keeping yourself in there, that's great. But the whole, like, not competing in a challenge, not even trying, you can't... you, You don't show up to Survivor and not know how to compete. Like, that absolutely destroys me. I agree. I think that's the kind of main argument for me is the, you know, unwillingness to like actually outplay because he's never, never competing in these challenges. I have a little bit more empathy for Wei when she's scared to jump in the water. Mm. But yeah, for him, I just feel like he's not, you know, the most well-rounded contestant. I think he's certainly outwitted um, better <laughs> than any of the other ones. But I, yeah. I agree that I think that, um, and I don't think the jury will vote for him to win. I might eat my words later, but he certainly hasn't got a lot of friends on that panel. No. And I just start yeah, I think everyone is just being annoyed by him. I, do you know what? I think I got to a point the other night, though. I think it was like maybe two nights ago where they did have an opportunity to get rid of him and they didn't. And I kind of sat there and went, do you know what? He deserves to win at this point if you did not go for him. As in, like, there were yeah, a few opportunities yeah. there where some tribal votes just went past where you're like, vote like get him out now and it just didn't happen so like there there is a part of me that goes oh look he did just make it through by misdirecting people or like like not not it's all down to him but there's just some mistakes other people have made during the time where it's not just all on him but i just think Haley's done challenge as well played the game well there's been some masterful things she's done like during this that's just made her stay it's i i think her best moment was when it was that fire challenge thing where it was like danny um andrew and someone else doing like the fire challenge where she was meant to go basically 
like there was them that had the power to send her home and she yeah. had convinced Danny to like not vote for her. Like she's done some like really incredible moves that I think like if the jury like sits there and like looks at her, they'll be like, yes, you. So I hope, I hope she gets it. She has really outwitted them on a number of occasions. I think she's had quite a few chances to sway the crowd to vote for George to, to leave. But I think fundamentally she knows that if she's in there at the end with George, like she believes mm. that she will come out on top. So it's probably in her best interest to keep him there because, you know, he'll protect her to the end because she's great at the challenges. Um, and if she ends up in the final two with him, she she thinks that the jury will vote for her anyway. So I agree with you. I think she's played the game so well. I can't wait to throw some kind of mock survivor party on Sunday night. Um, I didn't mm. think I would love the show this much, but... I'm scouring my wardrobe for anything in, you know, a canary yellow colour in the spirit of Haley's tribal look that I can wear to the final council on Sunday. And what else is there please, to say? Congratulations please, to Danny for her for her Ute win. Oh, I I can't wait to see her zooming around the, I don't actually know where she lives. I was gonna say zooming around the city in her Ute that she won, but uh we will we will see. Hopefully I get to wave at her out the window like at the Queen going past or something. I don't think she comes to the city much by the looks of things. No, it doesn't seem that way. I do have to say, um what does George call himself? The King of Bankstown or something? Like what is he what is he Yeah, himself? yeah. King he, of Bankstown. He liked yeah. He liked one of Gas Bagging's videos the other day, so he might be a fan of the content. Oh, really? Yeah. He's been yeah, very good. Wild? Very good content to watch on the show. Um, yeah. I'm sorry that he's in a LGA of concern at the minute. That's probably not he great. He is. He is. I, I hope he's staying safe. Um, it's probably safer in the... On Sunday, but uh, better luck to Hayley, yeah. um, my my winner in my eyes. Would have been safer in the outback, poor thing. But... um. I know, yes, yes. They all could have huddled in um, Danny's ute. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... In Danny's ute, on the way to the in spa Danny's pampering ute. package. Yes, the, tyler, the Tylenol getaway. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't I, I love to be in the, the Tylenol spa uh, getaway right now? Wouldn't that be a dream? I can't wait for Tylenol to sponsor gas bagging. Actually. Oh, I can't wait. If I'm not giving someone a headache, I'm not doing the right Yeah, job. exactly. I've got a bit of a headache. I wouldn't mind some Tylenol. If you're listening, Absolutely. Tylenol, jump on gas bagging, yes. won't you? Tylenol, you can actually crush up and snort it, they've told me. So. Oh, oh, gosh. Yes. Perhaps Danny did what that a... off the ute, off the bonnet. Yes. Oh, God. Transport anything. Oh. Anyway, I, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens on Sunday night um, at the final tribal council. So, is your forecast, so third place is your forecast, flick third? Flick? I, th- I, I hope, I want Haley and George to make it to the final because I feel like game-wise they've got the best, like, resume kind of thing. So I feel like seeing them plead their case or whatever will be the most interesting yes. kind of yeah. dynamic at the end. Where I feel like Flick's had a lot of luck and circumstance that's played into her kind of game, which I don't think makes for a great finale there. So I wanna I would like to see a Haley and George finale, I think. And I would Me like to see Haley come out on top. I think that's my forecast. See. Yeah, I agree with you. I think she'll be third. Haley will win the challenge if it's endurance, hopefully. Which will mean that Flick will go and then it will be the two of them in the final and hopefully Haley wins and reigns supreme and I cannot wait to be on gas bagging next. Yes, I am counting my chickens before they hatch. Hopefully during the airing time of The Masked Singer because you know how I feel about that show, Dan. I don't really... What do you mean? Like as in you're obsessed with it? Yeah, I think it's fantastic. I can't wait. I, yeah, I missed The Masked Singer last time because... Oh, not the last time, sorry, the time before because it launched while I was travelling overseas, like, the first time it aired. So I was just... I was on a bunch of group chats with my friends, so I just had all these messages, like, flurrying through, like, saying what was going on. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, never seen the show before, 
had yeah, obviously hadn't seen the Australian yeah. version. I just had all my friends like messaging going, this is happening. Oh my God, I can't believe it was whoever. And I was just like, oh my God. And I came back and I think I saw the last two episodes, like when I got back in the country and I was like, what the fuck is this show? <laughs> like it was the most <laughs> insane thing I've ever seen. I was just like, none of this makes sense to me whatsoever. And that was like the um, Cody Simpson like win. Yeah, as the robot. Like, oh, I don't, I, won. Yes, I was like, I don't understand what this is like insane anyway but look it's it's gonna capture us all and thank god urshel is back you'll watch this year surely you'll watch this year you'll have to see who the pavlova is who the feather duster is i want to know who the kebab is that's that's yeah. my number one priority some cricketer Absolutely. or something surely seems appropriate uh, yeah god i hope it's some um, hot dogs <laughs> I hope so. I'm calling it early. I think that the voice we hear on the ad is M. Rusciano, so jot that down in your mm. diary. Um, I have a feeling I think Nat Bass is one of them. I don't know from any of the voices, but I feel like Nat Bass has a new album in her, and I feel like this would be a great opportunity for her to come back as one of them. So maybe Vampire or something? Who knows? She could be Baby. I'd Baby is Annabelle, and I think I said this to you the other day, but it is Possessed. It's going to kill us all, and I'm scared. <laughs> Jackie I would not like to be giving birth to baby No offence No, no, poor Jackie O She's called out big. It would be a good I think it would be a good synergy if Nat Bass was baby Baby, baby, baby You know, it would be clever for them oh, to put yes. her in that costume That is true I'd, I wouldn't make that connection initially But yeah, I um, fears for Nat Bass if she's inside of that But can't wait to see it Can't wait to see Thank you All right well, we'll take a break and come back with some quick thoughts on Potomac. And we're back with some quick thoughts on Real Housewives of Potomac. I, Stephen, I'm so sorry. Every time I have you on, I feel like you come on during the like most boring episodes. It was so fucking Potomac. boring. Nothing there, like literally, like literally, nothing happened. I saw Giselle and Robin doing their podcast, and I was like, "Oh, this is cute," because like we'll do this, and it's like kind of, <laughs> kind of the same energy. And then I was like, "Oh, there's nothing else happening." In this. Nothing. I've got to tell you, I literally fell asleep watching this episode because it was so. <laughs> Low key, and I thought better rewind. Then I thought no, no, there was nothing to rewind to. Didn't miss it. There was like obviously I like Mia had her very traumatic story about her like father and family kind of thing, like her father fucking someone downstairs while she burnt herself upstairs. That was just like wild. Was a lot. Yeah. Um, I love Robin calling a life coach. Like you don't really need a life coach just to tell you to get out of bed and like call back Macy's. Like that's not. It doesn't take a life coach to tell you that, essentially. It's probably an app you can get to help you do that, I think. Yeah, exactly. It's also called an alarm. Like, it doesn't yeah. need a life coach to, like, <laughs> kind of tell you to get up a bit earlier, doll. Yeah, yeah. Um, but basically, it was just, like, Candace obviously hates Ashley, which is, granted, like, they've hated each other for years. That's fine. Her coming for her at the end. But, like, calling someone like Ashley... And I know there's been, like, a lot of backlash online about this, but calling her, like, wide-bodied because she's just had a child. It's just, like, she's... Candace is, like, so low-blow where it's not funny. Like, it's just... She's not good at, like, doing, like, fun quips. Like, I feel like Karen's quite good at, like, making fun of someone in, like, a jokey way where Candace is just like, oh, I'll, like, come for you for something that possibly might be sensitive to you, so I'm just going to, like go below the belt and it's just she thinks she's the queen of the show but she's actually not no it was a very like low-hanging fruit but very poor taste as well you know i mean nobody says that about a woman who's just had a child i've actually got in my notes the most entertaining part of the whole episode was in the opening scenes when uh ashley was with baby dylan and baby dylan farted in her face that yeah, that was a shocking moment, wasn't it? It she, was shocking. She looked, straight, she looked straight into camera for that. She was like, "Oh no!" Not Very right gripping, now. gripping television that was. And it, I, one of the things that's killed me this week because obviously Candace kept talking about like Ashley's forehead. People have been posting Candace's um, season when she entered the cast to season three, like housewife shot, and she's yes. like like holy yes. forehead Batman in some of those. So it's just like very intense like frontal forehead for her so i like that that's been brought up in this situation it's that whole thing where they're both very like they're both young housewives in their 30s so this is very like 
big tension about who's the young queen bee in this yes. kind of situation. And the yes. problem is, it is Ashley. It's not. It's not you, Candice. No, no matter how hard you try, no matter how many music videos you put out, that is probably your music's probably better than Ashley's. But too bad, too sad. Ashley's still going to rule this roost. So get the fuck over it. Yeah, she she did have some good moments. I mean, yeah, one of the women was very upset. I, I'm not too familiar with the Potomac women, but one of them was upset, and they called Ashley out for getting her titty milk. <laughs> which was a, a comment I had. And then, um, you know, I mean, the scene with the massage therapist with Ashley and baby Dylan, who was not, uh, he didn't want to take to the bottle, I believe it was. So mm. the massage therapist was holding the baby. I wish that the listeners of Gas Bagging could see my hand gestures at the minute, but holding it <laughs> up here, holding it up there, shaking it over here, shaking yeah. it down, like a sim almost. Like a cocktail. You know? Yeah, like Shake a cocktail, up. yeah. Perhaps a sim shaking a cocktail for five different positions and then handing it back. Off you go. I I love to tell the sims to go be bartender. That's um, that's a fun little little moment for them. They feel like like they're alive. Be more entertaining um, than this episode of Potomac. Yes, I know. Yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot coming up and I can't wait to see more of like the Giselle and... Karen of it all but also as well like the issue is I've said this for so long I love to see Giselle and Karen fight but there needs to be some other element to it Candace and Ashley fighting isn't as isn't as entertaining and I feel like Candace is as you said like low-hanging fruit Mm. I don't think she knows what to do with herself this season like she thinks like going after Ashley is going to be like her saving grace for like not really having a storyline other than a music video like that's not going to help you doll like you've got to you've got to figure out what to do just because you survived a fight last season where the girl who fought you has decided to go off the show. That's not it, doll. So there's got to be something else to it. And it it is, I, it's still one of my favorite franchises, but I feel like there's something off about this season where there needs to be some kind of other storyline going on because the weird Giselle and Karen drama this season is about seasons old drama. So it's not, nothing's new, nothing's fresh. Like I need to see something else going on. So I think the women need to figure something out. And I'm not saying create new drama, but I just feel like we need to focus on something else at this point. I agree with you, Dan. I think that the great thing about Potomac as a franchise is that the drama when it's right is so epic and Mm. so kind of volatile and, you know, fantastic viewing. But I think, you know, this season it's just um at the moment about nothing. It just seems quite ingenuine and just, you know, grabbing at anything. So hopefully they find some substance in there to actually fight about and bring us back to what we love about these Potomac women. The mid-season trailer promised some things to happen. It looks like um, our dear Michael Darby, who is a piece of shit, gets involved. So I can't wait to see that happen. So What episode are I we ha- up to? I have hopes. Um, I, f- I want to say we're up to like uh, eight or a nine, but okay. I, I couldn't. Still a bit to go. Still a bit to go. Still a bit to go. We've got we've got room to grow, hopefully. Um, Stephen, I have to ask. So you had your birthday recently, which was in between the last recording and this recording. So I happy did. Birthday. But Thank you. Can you please tell me about the gift you received <laughs> for your birthday? I received a few, and one of them was particularly multifaceted from my gorgeous partner, who was very, very excited to deliver and very proud of himself for this um, Matty Samai-themed gift. And I will preface this by saying, you know, if anybody hasn't done the love language test, you should do it. It will tell you a lot about yourself. Mine is gifting. And it's not in essence of... Oh, yours is receiving gifts or giving gifts? Well, it's not really in essence of materialism, but it's about like Mm. thoughtful gifting, Dan. So it's like when I give a gift, I like to be really thoughtful about it. When people try and give me stuff, I like to think, you know, this is Mm. like how well you know me and stuff. That's kind of a measure of... A measure of love, and he's obviously Gifting thought. to me is my lowest love language. It's is my it lowest? Scoring. Yeah, that's the. Yeah, I've d- I've done the test, and um, the uh, gift receiving, gift giving, or whatever is my lowest. You must give a lot of vouchers, then, Dan. No, I don't. I do not give vouchers. You don't. But I, I I sit there and stress about what to get someone. So the issue was is like with Mitch and I for his birthday because I was like highly concerned because his birthday was going to be in lockdown that. Even though when I got a 
bunch of gifts for him. I just kept ordering things because I was worried about <laughs> the quality of gifts he were getting and how his happiness during lockdown. So I just like, even after his birthday, anytime I saw something, I would like order it online yeah, and then yeah. gave it to him again. Like, oh, this is part of your birthday. And just like kept giving him things. Was like, I don't know how. Cover to all bases. This, but... You want to, yeah, really Sorry, back, sorry back to your uh, Maddie Samai theme. Yeah, so he's thought, what does Steve love? He loves Maddie Samai. Um, which I do, I do love impersonating a bloody petrified of meeting her, to be honest with you, mm. but that's besides the point. So yeah, I've gotten a gorgeous, um, Medispa gift voucher accompanied by a personalized, uh, video from the queen of double bay herself, not Kara, Matty, mm. uh, talking about how she is excited to deliver the gift voucher and she has accompanied it with her own gift and, you know, this personalised video message, how she's surrounded by a lot of Leos in her life and I'm one of them, even though I've never, ever crossed paths with her. Mm. Um, And she can't wait to see me not only at the Medi Spa but also at Rush Cutters Bay Park before uh, when lockdown restrictions ease because she's always there with her dog Banjo and his pink ears. So I... And sometimes joined by Chrissy Marsh as well. sometimes, and Bondi and Bronte, the Mm. BBB club of dogs. But hopefully, yes, hopefully I've got some good stories for you after the visit to the Medi Spa. I'm equally as excited as I am petrified. It's such a stunning gift and I'm so happy that that's what you have to look forward to after lockdown. Like that's, I can't think of a more perfect gift. To be honest with you, I have had conversations with you off air where you've told me about how she's liked your posts and she even shared one of the gas bagging posts. She was Mm. so excited by it. I just pray to God she never listens to these episodes because... No, um, oh, I won't have a good time. time. And we had a whole musical number at yeah. the, end of the show, which unfortunately we don't have anything to supply today in that nature, but it was iconic, I must say. I kind of feel like she'd love it, like Loki, but I just oh, wouldn't God. know how to yeah. speak to knew, her without. If she knew there was a, a musical being made about her, I'm sure she'd be um, thrilled. So, yeah. But we've, we've got to keep working on it in the background. Watch this space. I think we need to write a few more tracks, perhaps come up Mm. with, you know, the intermission number, Mm. Um, you know. Things are opening up again, so we've got to be prepared. But I think Maddie Samai the musical is coming. People of Sydney look out and then people of Australia. Yes, State Theatre will have posters out the front within no time. It'll be a big lockdown treat. (laughs) Big lips. Look for the big lips. (laughs) Uh, Stephen, thank you so much for joining me again. I must ask before we finish up, are you getting renewed or cancelled this week? Absolutely renewed. I told you I was one season away from cancellation last time and I'm pleased that I've pulled off a Ricky Lee call to fear and freedom and I've had a resurgence. (laughs) Ratings have gone through the roof. And I'm mm. renewed and I'm so thrilled about it. So hopefully we can hold this and maintain it. What about you, Dan? Are you renewed or cancelled? I'm I'm renewed this week. Um, I've been DP'd today, double Pfizer. So I am quite excited to start living my life as a, um, a vax queen who can attend like picnics and stuff. So that's that's lovely. That's that's a good look outlook on life. So that's um, really giving me something to live for. What an and- honorary citizen. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm doing doing God's work here from my apartment. Um, but honestly, I am feeling a lot better than I was the week before last. So I feel like this is a moment to cherish. I feel like totally I'm, renewed. And I feel like every. To be honest, I feel like if everyone's going to come out of this and start doing things again, it's a renewed headspace. There's new storylines. You'll be seeing people. There'll be like things to catch up on. Yeah. I feel. Yeah. I feel like. I feel like. Sydney will be renewed soon. And that's that's kind of like yeah. the energy we're going to enter into. And I hope also somehow, by the graces of God, we are renewed in a real Housewives of Sydney to kind of like, I don't know, space. We've got Melbourne coming soon. So that's going to be like something we've got to look forward to. That's something to give us life. And I also feel like they're... I don't know, fanfare around that show will give us an opportunity to think about maybe Sydney needs to come back as well as we 
re-enter the world. Hopefully, hopefully. With a totally, you know, not totally new cast, but a slightly refurbished cast, I think would help. Um, Absolutely. It would be very opportune. One question I did have for you. I mean, I've just felt it this time on visiting the show, um, coming up with another new tagline. Do you have other taglines in the bank for yourself or you don't really think of them for every week? No, I only if someone before they come on the show questions me and be like, you need to come up with something, I will. But I haven't I haven't got one on the top of my head, so I feel like you you've put me in a situation. Um I am wasn't the intention. Of one. Like no, no, but sorry it, you feel that way, Garcelle. Sorry. I'm I'm so sorry, yeah. I feel I feel attacked, to be honest. Um <laughs> I want to speak my truth. In my own know. show, uh, I feel attacked. You're never coming back. No, God, I feel like when um Jenny McCarthy had Tara Reid on and they just like <laughs> went at each other like absolutely horrible. Um, good luck with your divorce. Um, yeah, no, I don't have anything off the top of my head. I'm so sorry. I do you know what? I'll come back. I'll come back next week and I'll dedicate one to you. I think next I, week I'd like a tagline from you. It's been a yeah, while. yeah. I'll do it because we're going to do Real Housewives of Salt Lake City premiere next week, and I believe our dear friend um, Kate, who you have now met, which is great, um, she's going to come back on to do that with us. So that's Gorgeous. Um, very exciting. Beautiful yeah. girl. Yeah, will yeah, be a great episode. Girl. Everybody, tune in next week. Will be amazing. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much, Stephen. It's been a pleasure to have you as always. Uh, the guest bagging listeners love you. So I've loved being back. Thank you for having me. Death to all of them. Can't wait for next time. 